Welcome, you're at OTR, Over the Rainbow, Achieving Mental Health for Real. OTR is a safe place where you can go to hear how real people recover from their mental issues. Also, we have expert guests who give you practical tips or advice on mental health. Your host is Bob Adelman, who brings you important information and interesting shows and interviews that may be very helpful. Bob also has occasional solo shows like the popular Beating Severe Anxiety and Depression. And finally, the most important function of the show is to lessen the stigma of mental illness and allow people to talk about their issues. To show that mental illness is nothing to be ashamed and embarrassed about. To try to prevent suicides which break the hearts of family and friends. There will be opinions about medicine versus natural healing. And much, much more. In today's episode, Bob talks to a fellow podcaster, John Lee, about the big question, why are we here? What is the meaning of life? Just a heads up, we discuss deep topics so some people who are already depressed may want to come to this show when they are feeling better. It gets really real. So here is the interview with John. Hello, John. How are you? I'm good, Bob. I'm excited to be on your show. Yeah, welcome to the show. I was just wondering if you can tell our listener a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a software product manager by profession. My family and I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's getting much colder now, very recently. So the mornings are around 28 degrees Fahrenheit. And I've been trying to get outside as much as possible still, as long as I can. So feeling that cold in the morning. Um, But yeah, we're in Pittsburgh. We moved here from New York City a couple of years ago for a new job. And we love it here. We want to settle here. We've got a young boy in kindergarten. And we think this city is going to be a great place to raise him and our family. Um, yeah, I, I have a small side business as well. Thank you, Bob, for letting me share that. No um, that's at custommobile.app. And we make branded mobile apps for podcasters. So if you're interested in that, you can find us there at custommobile.app. Sounds good. Uh, what we wanted to touch upon is more uh, along the lines of a philosophical conversation. I've loved philosophy for the past 10 years. I want to say around in my late 20s, early 30s, I picked it up and I've been uh, a fan of it, a lover of it ever since. And I think I'll be, yeah, uh, a lay philosopher for the rest of my life. That's great. I guess my first question is... um, Have you ever experienced any kind of depression in your life at any time? I think everyone's probably gone through periods of depression Um, for circumstantial reasons. Life isn't perfect, right? So I had actually a very difficult time in my teenage years. Um, I, I, I don't think it was clinical depression. And back then, I don't think depression was being diagnosed as, as often as it is today. But yeah, my teenage years were very, uh, I was unhappy most of the time. I can remember that and very self-conscious and very concerned about how others thought of me. Um, and then later on, um, I want to say, oh, around 2010, right? During the depression, I couldn't find work for almost, I think over two years. So that time was also very difficult because I couldn't find work and I felt Mm -hmm. Yeah, my self-worth was very low at that time. So those were two of the most difficult times, I think, mentally that I've had 
in my past that I can remember. The one thing I wanted to start with is something that people struggle with, I think, when they're depressed. I know I do. Why are we here? Why is there not nothing? Where did the universe come from? How do we relate to the universe? What's the meaning of life? All of those big questions. I know you're a Christian, you believe in a God, but could you elaborate a little bit about those, those issues? Yeah, I completely agree. I think that the question of purpose is probably the most important question that needs answering. And we can go through life for a time without answering that question. I think when we're younger, we're, we're kind of naturally driven um, toward different things, maybe school, work. Um, starting a family, getting married, all these things. But I feel like in my midlife and beyond, that question of purpose comes to the front and you really can't ignore it for very much longer Um, because if that isn't answered, then I think people can fall into a sense of meaninglessness. So from my perspective, um, yes, I think that question is one of the most important questions to answer. And for me, from my perspective as a Christian, it's easier, frankly, because um, that purpose is given to me. I don't have to. I don't have to create it. I um, I, I kind of discover it, but I discover it in, not in the sense like, well, it's there for me. So let me get specific. So um, I believe that my purpose and everyone's purpose on the planet, uh, from a Christian perspective, is to um, expand the kingdom of God or advance the kingdom of God. So what that means is um, every interaction I have, every conversation I have with the people around me um, should be helping them become more free, uh, more free from their, whatever enslaves them, more free from their anxieties, more free from from their maybe low self-esteem, addictions, um, and restores them. So that, and in that in that way, the kingdom of God expands and grows. And over time, um, as we participate in God's work of restoring, healing, redeeming the whole world, that's the ultimate purpose that our little purposes are all feeding into. So maybe to sum it up, I think the purpose of my life and the life of every Christian is to expand. God's rule and reign on the earth, primarily by loving our neighbor. That sounds good. Um, what would you tell a person like myself who really can't come to grips and, and really has the point of view that there's nothing beyond death? What would, is there any advice? Or I know live a day at a time, but do you know of anything that you could say to someone like that? I think what what comes to my mind is, well, let's question that belief. Why do you believe that life ends after death? Is it a valid, justified, yeah? One one of the main reasons is everything begins, everything ends in the universe. Even the universe itself will end. So my belief is that human beings individual human beings will live and then end. So that's where I take it. And you know, I might add that 
it does lead to some of my depression when I think of this and I think of all that I did. I'm 63 years old. So before 50, I never thought of dying. After 50, that's all I think about in a sense. Okay. Um, So that does, I don't know if the depression makes me think about that or the other way around. I was just talking to a friend and I was saying, well, how do people make it at 90? How do they know that they're like going to die? And mm-hmm. at the end, I mean, is there anything that a person could do to bring comfort to themselves in that area? Yeah. So I think one of the things that comes to mind um, is I, I agree with you. Everything physical has a beginning and an end, even the universe. Um, I don't know if the universe will end, but everything as we know it will end. There will be a heat death of the universe as well. So physically, yes, our our bodies will definitely die. But do you, it sounds like you don't believe in a soul. I, I do believe in a soul as we're on earth. I actually believe in a higher power when we're on earth. But I don't believe once you're gone that you have any spiritual um, aura or any mm-hmm. anything other than oblivion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think probably others do. Because mm-hmm. um, if you think about it, it makes everything meaningless. It's like, why did you, you know, why did you go to school? Why did you, and you know, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but as we talk about philosophy, I think it's an important question yeah. on how how do you what what would you tell yeah. someone like myself? So absolutely, I think uh, I think you're right. Um, I I would really want to question your belief that there is no life after death. That you your soul or your consciousness doesn't continue on beyond death. Probably, I haven't studied this, but probably most cultures through most of human history, through all the religions that have existed, believe in, a, in an afterlife. So probably this idea that we don't move on is a fairly recent and modern idea. It still may be true, but I'm just saying for most of human history, that hasn't probably hasn't been the predominant belief. Another thing to think about is, well, from a Christian perspective, we believe that life goes beyond death um, because we believe in a God and he has given us his word and his word says that there is life after death. Jesus Christ, um, who is like the central figure of Christianity, died and then was resurrected. So the evidence of Christianity um, assumes life after death, assumes a judgment after death, assumes um, an eternity uh, with God or away from God. So these are concepts within Christianity that that I believe. And so maybe I think what I'd, I'd like to do is challenge your belief, or maybe um, you can challenge my belief. Like, why, why do I believe in afterlife? Yeah, this is a really tough question. Like, how do I convince? Yeah, I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I thought it would be a, a good philosophical discussion. I don't expect 
you know, a perfect answer. I just am trying to see mm-hmm. for me, are you evangelistic? Uh, what does that mean? Evangelistic? Or, I, I mean, you're not affiliated to like a Baptist or a Roman Catholic. Or I grew whatever. up in a Protestant Presbyterian yeah, tradition. Okay. So I, I'd say I'm still Protestant. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love I love okay. the question. Thank you for the question. And maybe I can try to tackle it just from a philosophical perspective, so we don't have to go into Christianity. Do you believe that you have free will? Maybe we can start there. And I think there is a back door into the life after death question. I think I I think to a point, but I think everyone has, and I know I struggle with this with my children and stuff. They get so much anxiety and so much frustration that I actually have to yell to relieve that frustration. I think that's what a lot of people do. I call it cutting because the most extreme person will cut themselves to relieve anguish and and pain. And I think a lot of people also do that. They either make their life dramatic so they don't have to think about anything beyond that. And I think this will make problems for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think somehow they need to recognize that and try, you know, try very hard not to do that. But then that means going into your pain and examining your pain and maybe even laughing at it or making it not so serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that tends to help people if they can, uh, you know, just not make all these bad things so terrible and, and stay in the moment mm-hmm. and try, I think, stay positive and you do positive things I I think you're going to have a positive life. You're not going to have uh, a large amount of problems, and you're not going to be depressed. So, but it's it's so hard. I think the one way that we can achieve happiness is to learn to love ourselves, and also to give to others. I think those are two important points as far as. Uh, helping people mm-hmm. come to grips with these questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think you're, you're talking about the way most people probably live from one distraction to another. Right. And they just go through their entire lives not being so distracted that they don't ask the big questions. Like, what what's going to happen to me after I die? That's a huge question. And most people are too afraid to ask that question or even look at that question and so you're saying, which I think is true, we fill our lives with distraction. Mm-hmm. It can be positive distraction or negative distractions, but I think you're right. Right. Either a person work is a workaholic, for instance, or, you know, he just is a person that always has trauma in his life. And you're always fighting fires. I fall in that category. I seem to bring trouble to me. Uh, and... I think the real secret to a lot of it is is to face your demons. 
Um, I have an episode called Fighting Demons. You know, I constantly have, I have a lot of performance anxiety. I know you mentioned social anxiety. That, to me, is through the roof. I have a lot of social anxiety. I find it very difficult to to talk to people, especially in groups. Um, me too, and my wife as well. Yeah, and I was wondering, have you done anything to alleviate and make make that better? Or Yes. So, I mean, for me, it's not clinical. It's not like... Um, I need medication for my social anxiety. For me, what's what I've noticed has improved my anxiety is after having our son, and we only have one, so it's, he's an only child, he doesn't have a sibling. That forced me and I think my wife to some degree out of our shells to meet other parents so that our kid can have playmates. And so for the past couple of years, because of that need to give our son a healthy social environment, it's pushed me out to talk to other parents, talk to strangers with kids, get to know them so that our kids can play. And I realized if the parents are friends, then the kids are going to be friends. So I can't just let the kids play and expect that to continue. The parents have to be friends in order for the kids to continue meeting regularly. So that's moved me more in that in the extroverted direction. I'm naturally an introvert, definitely. And I get energy being by myself. But over the past two, three years, I have to say I've moved in more toward that extrovert direction and to the point where now I do enjoy meeting up with our friends so that our kids can get together, yes, but also just to catch up. Um, It's a process, I think, like anything. Practice is the only way to get better at anything, and this is just the way that I've had the chance to practice. We have a person on the show called Social Anxiety Kyle at this And what he mentioned is that how he got over it is to just do it. In other words, he mentioned that in a classroom. If if he would either ask a question or answer a question at least once in that uh, class or that day. And he, he recommends all those things, that you challenge it, that you face it head first. And that is the only way to really uh, attack it. You know, I mean, there's also medicine, and I take uh, an antidepressant that is for social anxiety, mm-hmm. but not everybody needs that. Mm-hmm. Some people do, but I would say most people don't. They, they get away with either uh, helping themselves or getting a counselor. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a big, important thing that um, I think is across the United States is anxiety in oh, general. Yeah. That's definitely just... an epidemic. It's been an epidemic for a hundred years. But Bob, let me, can I just go back to the question I asked originally? I said, do you believe sure. in free will? And you said, I think so, right? For the most part, yes. You do have free choices. You right. But I think there's our ex- exceptions where it's your anxiety gets so intense Mm-hmm. that all you can do is yell or scream or right. or, or, or yes. do something. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I think most of our, probably most of our thoughts, most of our actions are just automatic. We're not making decisions. But I believe some of uh, some of our thoughts, some of our beliefs 
some of our actions are freely chosen. Mm-hmm. So, if you agree with that, here's where I've seen a, um, I guess, a paradox. So, in in the physical world, right? If you think about just matter and energy, and all there is is matter and energy, matter and energy follows the rules of physics and chemistry, the natural laws, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I don't see any room for true freedom in the laws of physics. There's just cause and effect, atoms hitting each other, causing effects. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas free will and the freedom to choose seems to mean, well, I can choose to believe something based on good reasons and evidence. There's a choice going on there. I'm not, I'm not caused to believe something because of a chemical reaction. I get the sense that I'm choosing to believe something based on good reasons and evidence. So if you believe that we, we can hold beliefs based on reason and evidence, then I would say there's something, a part of us, that's non-physical. It's not made of matter and energy, or else we wouldn't be able to, to hold rational beliefs. I don't know if you're able to follow that, but um, what's your reaction to no, that? I mean, it's a, no, that's a very good point. Um, I know I fight, <laughs> believe it or not, my son is a, uh, a pastor, a head pastor, uh-huh. in an evangelistic church. And we don't talk too much about it, but my only, I don't want to dump on religion at all, but my only problem with it is I think in some situations it impedes spirituality. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. And I don't want to insult anybody, but for myself, I look at religion and there's just too much dogma, too much. Mm-hmm. Too much, yeah, I'm happy, but you're really not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and also too much hypocrisy, because mm-hmm. I believe in Jesus uh, is is a philosopher and a, and a great man, but people don't follow what he says. Even my son, he doesn't, Absolutely. you know, he won't forgive me right away, for instance, or you'll hold the grudge and that's not what Jesus would do. And sometimes I throw that back at him. I said, what would Jesus yeah. do? So mm-hmm. yeah. no, you're right. Yeah. There, there are no perfect human beings, but I, so I don't want to bring religion into it. I'm just saying it, it seems to me that you, if you believe in free will, then you ought to also believe in a non, um, an immaterial part of you a non-physical part of you. We, we would call that the soul. Mm-hmm. Would you say you believe in a soul that's not made of matter? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I, I find it amazing that we, I mean, consciousness to me is amazing. I don't, oh. I don't get it. It's like everyone has consciousness, but why? Why aren't we just robots that, perform functions on instinct only. Why yeah. do why do we have free will? Why, why are we conscious? Mm-hmm. That is a mind-boggling question that mm-hmm. I, I don't know the answer to. Now you're saying that it's kind of a proof that there's something else? You may be right. Um, you know, I, I just think- struggle with it. 
Yeah, I think the conclusion I'm drawing from the fact that we have free will. If you believe we have free will, then that what follows from that is there must be some part of us, we can call it the soul for the sake of our discussion. There is a, a soul that is not made of matter. It's immaterial. And if that's the case, then that opens up the possibility that this immaterial part of us does continue on after our body dies, the physical part of us dies. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm in a minority. I think most people uh, feel that there's some kind of afterlife. And it's comforting as well. Um, I don't I don't think I could use it as a means to be depressed if, if I believed in an afterlife. So... I feel like that, that that cuts both ways, I think. So I think some people take a lot of com- comfort in believing that there is nothing after death, that it's lights out, I'm gone, because that means they have no responsibility for their actions beyond pain. death. I mean, and um, if, if they've done some terrible things in life, right. you know, lights out, I'm not going to be held accountable. So I think some people do can find a lot of comfort in that idea of just be just disappearing and ceasing to exist. Um, but like, like for yourself, it can be very, very frightening, frightening as well. Yes. Maybe we can dig in. Why, why are you so frightened about non, not existing? Uh, it just freaks me out. <laughs> it just, um, it just does. I mean, I guess that's the narcissistic side of me, but I, I, I just, cannot get my mind off of it in a lot of, you know, maybe an hour a day, you know, altogether, I think about that. I think about, well, I'm next, you know, I'm in line, everybody else is dying, you know, in my, my, my uncles and aunts and the whole generation. And then uh, I'm just here waiting, you know, like uh, on the, the couch waiting for someone to call me. Hey, it's your turn now. And, and I can't find comfort in that. Um, because it's me. I mean, and it may be a situation where my depression actually makes me believe that and makes me, you know, feel bad and not live for the day or the moment or the now. Because I believe if you live for the now, if you're in the now, you can't be depressed. If you're actually in the now, if you're not thinking about the past or the future. Sure. So, yeah, that's sure. one of my beliefs. Yeah. Like, if, if you're engaged in an activity that's taking up all of your attention, then, of course, you can't be thinking of anything else. You can only think of one thing at a time. So that, that kind of goes back to the distraction conversation we had. Like, people go from one thing to the next, one distraction to the next. It could be work, it could be chores, errands, um, planning for the holidays, right? And that's one way people maybe can guard themselves from mm-hmm. depression. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that forever, ultimately. Okay, yeah, but you're just running from uh, your uh, shadow. COVID comes along and gives you a test, you know, sanity test. I know it affects my family very badly. Um there is now a rift between me and my son and, and daughter um, for various reasons, but uh, I think that their their 
they were under so much pressure because of COVID. It puts pressure on everybody. And and I think sure. uh, it, it just caused people to change almost. Uh, I don't know for the better or the worse, but we're not the same, I think, after coming coming out of such a horrible you know, tragedy. But, yeah. So these are the types of questions they they don't always have answers, but I'm fascinated with them because I can't I can't understand something coming from nothing, and I can't understand something going to nothing. So exactly. I mean, so uh, Bob, I feel like you have questions. Um, you are doubting. How do I say it? So. Um, it sounds like you do doubt your belief that death is the end. There are some questions that you can't yeah. answer that seem to poke holes in the belief that death You're right. is the end. You're right. You're right. exactly right. right. Um, I hope there's something else. But, see, I tend to look at the negative side of everything. I'm not a positive person. Uh, I don't know if I could ever change that. I try, I'm trying trying real hard but my parents were negative and very anxious and very you know bipolar and all of this so it's hard it's it's inbreeded into me to be negative and take the negative side that always seems to be the safer side you know so i think other people struggle with this oh of course yeah i mean all of us have our own unique, uh, like we're made differently, right? We've got different, we, we come out of the womb with different personalities, different predispositions, and then we're raised in different families that give us both advantages and disadvantages, right? No one, everyone is a unique set of, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a unique person. But, you know, because if I were you, right, and I were really uh, afraid of dying, And I also, but I had these doubts, I had these questions that seemed to poke holes into that belief. I feel like I would, it would be worth my while to explore those questions that you don't have answers for, that that could open up the possibility of an afterlife. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, if, once you start believing in an afterlife, that might remove the fear of death. It may open new fears, but at least... um, it could extinguish the immediate fear of dying and ceasing to exist. So you mentioned questions like, how does something come from nothing? Mm-hmm. That's an amazing philosophical question. Um, and how does something go to nothing? Was, was, was the other one. Mm-hmm. If we yeah, want to sure. talk about how does something come from nothing for a little bit? Yeah, so I also don't think something can come from nothing. I don't think that's possible. So if the Big Bang um, started the universe as we know it, uh, the Big Bang was the beginning of time itself, time, matter, energy, and space. Um, If that's what the Big Bang started, then uh, nothing comes from nothing, right? So I believe there has to be a cause of the Big Bang. 
And that cause has to be timeless because the Big Bang started time. It has to be spaceless because, again, Big Bang is the beginning of space. It has to be immaterial um, because the Big Bang started matter. So the cause of the Big Bang has to be a timeless, spaceless, immaterial cause that is immensely powerful, right? Because the Big Bang is the beginning of the universe. Um, and yeah, so like those are some of the characteristics of this cause. And a lot of people think that's a description yeah, I mean, of God. Anyway, I'm torn because I can't believe that something came from nothing. And I also can't believe that we're going to have something after death. So w one almost seems impossible and the other one almost seems impossible. <laughs> you know, that there's no meaning to life. That To me, that seems almost impossible. And so does something from nothing. So I'm very torn about the subject. I, I talk about it a lot with my friend who, who likes to talk about these things. Uh, I can't find a lot of people that will talk about it. I appreciate you coming on the show and talking about this. Because most people... Most people are run away screaming. Oh, I love talking. You're negative. About you. Get out of here. Uh, I, I don't want to think about that. I know. <laughs> you know. I just go throughout my day. Uh, give me a break. Uh, hold oh. on. You know. Um, and, and, and as far as you know, my my son believing in it, I really do think it it has a tendency to limit your spirituality. That you don't allow other beliefs in everything, allow everything in, so you can come up with a free will. You know, here's what I really believe. Um, and also become very spiritual. Uh, mm -hmm. Sure. But, Bob, I'm not, I'm not pushing any particular religion. No, I, I know All that. I'm saying is you don't believe that something comes from nothing. I don't either. So... If something, if the Big Bang started the universe, then it must have had a cause, is what I'm arguing. And the cause itself has these attributes. Like it has to be immaterial, it's got to be timeless, it has to be spaceless, um, it's got to be immensely powerful, it's got to be, I think, also immensely intelligent because the, of the order that we see in the universe. Order also doesn't come from disorder. Um, information doesn't come from mm -hmm. randomness is, is another thing. It, if you believe there is information in the universe and the universe came from the Big Bang, I believe the source of that information has to be a mind because information only comes from mind. It doesn't come from matter and it doesn't come from randomness. It comes from a mind. So... And like so, yeah. Um, if there is a creator, if there is a cause to the universe, then that opens up the possibility that maybe, you know, there is life after death. There is something beyond that. It's not just um, a ceasing mm -hmm. to exist. Is what I'm saying. And I, I think another point is um, we're having all this trouble with alternative facts, and so I think it's very difficult to get to the truth of anything. I mean, anything. Um, I mean, maybe a simple thing like dropping a hammer 
you know it's going to fall without looking. But there is so much, you know, where we don't get to a point where we can prove it or, or we absolutely know it's true. And I think, I think it's hard and maybe you can't, maybe you can't get to a truth. Maybe it's just like, uh, you know, a wave that, you know, comes close to zero, but never gets there. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think, I think you're right. Like, um, all of our beliefs are going to be approximations of the truth because I don't think our brains can hold truth with a capital T in all its detail. But I think we can approach the truth and we can hold beliefs that are approximations of the truth and and beliefs that are closer to or further away from the actual truth. So in the argument I gave you, I think this is called maybe the argument... uh, I don't even know the name of it. I feel like it comes from Aristotle, maybe like the first mover or the first cause. It's an argument kind of in that, in that line. Is there something about that argument that you find flawed? I'm an, I'm an analyst. I do IT. I'm an analyst. And I analyze everything to the nth degree. Um, for instance, why are there babies that get aborted and, and, and where how do they have a soul and what about uh, a person that has uh, special needs and isn't all there uh, autistic people uh, and what if somebody gets hit on the head hit on the head and all of a sudden his personality changes so all these things uh, I find as evidence that consciousness is not what we think it is, that um, it's it's dictated by the brain in some way. So it's it's something I struggle with, Mm -hmm. and I really think a lot of my audience does too. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with it. And like you said, they, they either kind of cover it up or they create disasters or whatever. To, to make, you know, that not having to really think about those questions. But again, I'm, I am very negative, so probably a lot of conclusions I have are tainted to the negative side. And uh, I just find this topic fascinating. I, I could talk to you all day about it, but I wanted, I wanted to give you uh, some time to talk about uh, your company and, and, and what it does and, um, you know, any kind of links that you might have. Uh, yeah, thank you. Just before I do that, um, I want to commend you for understanding your biases. It sounds like you know you have a negative bias and that um, some of your conclusions are going to be yeah, yep. biased because of that predisposition. Yep. And so that's great. Like, you know that. And so you can probably try to correct that as well. Because a lot of people don't know their biases, right? They're called unconscious biases. Okay. That's like a buzzword nowadays. We have all these unconscious biases. But it's, yeah, everyone has them. So it's, it's better to know what they are so we can try to self-correct them. Uh, so 
Bob, I love this conversation. Uh, I look forward to having more of them with you in the future. If your audience is interested in what I do, they can find me at custommobile.app. And if anyone comes through your show, say Bob sent you, and we can set you up for free uh, for your first month. So that's an offer I've been giving out to the hosts that have had. I have talked to other um, podcast people, so hopefully maybe they do listen (laughs) to my show. Uh, and and hopefully you you can get something out of that that they can contact you. And I hope I hope that happens for you. You seem like a very very nice person, and I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking about something that's really kind of tough to talk about for most people. Thank you for having me on your show, Bob. And I hope our conversation has had um, has given you something to think about and. Let's do it again soon. I I love these conversations, and there aren't enough people in my life to have them with. So feel free to schedule another time to connect. Again, thank you, and take care. Take care. Okay, that was John Lee in What's the Meaning of Life? Why Are We Here? Uh, Very interesting topic. Uh, I hope you found it interesting as well. I think everyone has to find their own beliefs and Live in the now if they can. And I think if you live in the now, you can't be depressed. So I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, again, um, over the rainbow bob at gmail.com. That's over the rainbow bob at gmail.com. My Twitter feed is over the rain one bow. Come join that. I got about 900 followers. And also search for us on Instagram and Facebook. I'd like to see more people on Facebook checking that out. Just search OTR, Achieving Mental Health for Real. I appreciate everyone and have a great day.